if y'all would just do me a favor now, as it has become a custom, we're going to stand for the reading of God's word, and then I will seat you back. So if you don't mind standing and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm going to read 18 and 19, and then I'm going to drop down and read 26 through 29. I'm coming out of the NIV this morning. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligent of the intelligent, I will frustrate. And I'm going to drop down to 26. Brothers and sisters, Think of what you were, think of what you were when you were called. Let me say that again. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were about when you were called. What you were doing. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God, can somebody say, but God? Chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and to despise things. Hear me. Because it says something about God's character. And the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Father God, I'm open to you today. There's nothing to be said, Father God, if you don't show up. There is nothing to be said. So Lord God, please show up for your people to hear the word that you have for them today, Lord God. Those, Lord God, that are looking for a message that will uplift, looking for a message, Lord God, that will move them to the next place in you, Lord God. Move them in such a direction, Father God, that they'll want to run out and tell a dying world, Father God, who you are that we won't stay seated, Lord God, and just do the normal. But Lord God, we will begin to do the supernatural work that you've called us to do by showing people that the cross is not foolishness. That the cross has power. That the cross provides our salvation. We thank you, Father God, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. My, the way I summarize this text, and forgive me, I normally put it to memory, but I'm just going to read it today. God's wisdom and ways are so different than the world's ways that he chooses the foolish and the weak things from the world to confuse the wise. 
so that no man can steal his shine, can steal his glory. One more time, one more time, just so you guys get what I'm saying. God's wisdom and ways are so different than the world's that he chooses the foolish and the weak things from this world to confuse those that think they got it all together. So no man can steal his shine. So I want to work on a sermon title today. Weakness is a superpower. Y'all say it with me. Weakness Weakness is is a superpower. That's why I'm up here with the Incredible Hulk on my, my shirt today. Because it's Marvel, and we think the Hulk got superpowers. Amen? The weak things. Weakness is a superpower. That's my preaching idea, and I know it's oxymoronic, right? Nobody wants to be weak. I don't want to be weak. A person that lacks strength. Is that who you want to be? A person that is not strong, a person that um, is feeble, a person that is impotent. That's what we think about as weak. A person that don't have much going on. I came by to tell you this morning that God uses the weak and the foolish things of the world. To confound the wise. That's what I came by. And then you, 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 you put that on the other side of that. Why is it a superpower? See, we think gamma radiation and, and, and can change you into this big, strong, green man. And I know I'm up here looking like the Michelin man, but that's all right. I deal with what I got to deal with. Right, I'm all right with it. I'm trying to do something about it. But, but what I'm trying to tell you is we don't need a genetic spider to give us a bite on the arm so we can swing from the rasters and save humanity. I came by to tell you that weakness, people that are lowly, people don't have it all together. God begins to use and his power becomes super when you begin to lean on him in such a way that he will make a person that don't know him start to want to know him. But we got to show up different. Weakness is a superpower. Now let me give you some context on what was going on in that day. When, when, when Paul penned this epistle, this letter. See, Corinth, the Corinth where the Corinthian church was, they really were steeped in Greek philosophy and human responses to issues. That's what they did. They also were in a culture of people that had a church called Aphrodites, where in this church, in this time, 
they would send their priestesses out into the community to perform sexual things with members to gain money for the house. That's the culture that these people were involved with in Corinth. So a lot of them didn't even know any better about some of the things that were going on there. So this woman named Chloe, she wrote Paul because Paul wasn't there and said, look, man, we got all kinds of stuff going on in the house. All kinds of stuff. We got sons sleeping with moms. Bible says it's worse than what the pagans were doing at the church of Aphrodite. And we got this going on in the house. We got marital issues. We got, we got people suing, church people suing each other. We got divisions in the church. No different than we got today. Some wanted to follow Paul. Some wanted to follow Apollos, that great orator. Some people wanted to follow Peter. And some people wanted to follow Jesus Christ. But that there are these factions going on in the church, this division. So Paul's letter was intended to instruct and provide guidance to the folks. And so that's what he did, and that's the time that we were in. Because really, when we start looking at these texts, we so busy fighting and doing stuff in the house that we can't even get to the people that are perishing outside the house. It was an indictment on the church, and that church could easily be Restoration Christian Fellowship. I got, the, I got the seasoned saints against the worship team. And when the seasoned saints are up, the worship, the worship team don't come. Huh? We do things to each other that when the world looks in, they don't want to come in. And so we have to begin to change that narrative when we deal with this. It's how we respond to each other that makes a difference in this walk. First Corinthians 3 and 18 says this. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age... You should become a fool so that you may become wise. That's what God's word says. In order for you to have some sense, you need to be a fool. And stop all this human reasoning. Where has human reasoning got us? Oh, we no longer pray in the school system, and we got kids spraying our young ones, but we took prayer out of there. 
I just read about a, a teacher that gave a student a Bible and she was suspended. A coach after the game took his team and they held hands and they prayed and the administrators, administration suspended him. There was a, uh, a Marine that was court-martialed because she had a Bible verse above her computer. Human reasoning devoid of God. That's what has gotten us into this mess that we see today. We got to bring God, y'all, into the equation. And we have to understand that worldly intellect causes spiritual confusion because we don't know how to act. We don't know what to do as the church. But we got to begin standing up for something or we'll fall for anything. Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Y'all, it's simple. The people that are perishing don't understand and don't believe that Jesus Christ died at Calvary and shed his blood so you and I could have life. To some that are perishing, that is foolishness. You mean to tell me a God came from out of his cushy seat in heaven and he came through legally through Mary, a virgin. He walked on this earth for 33 years. He didn't sin. They beat him and he didn't say a bumbling word. And they hung him wide on a cross. And he took your sins. And he took my sins. So when God looks at us today, they don't see you, Everett. They don't see you, Paul. They don't see you, Mom. They don't see you. They see the blood of Jesus Christ in the place of that. They think it's foolishness. And I would say, sometimes we think it's foolishness too because we don't act like we know that we know that he paid the price for us. So we do any old kind of thing. It's an indictment on us as well. That was the B part of the text. But to, hit, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Weakness is a superpower. 
And I'm going to begin to break that out more and more as we go through the, the text. And, and I didn't know I was going to do this, Mom, so don't get mad at me. Um, because God just tell me to do what I'm supposed to do. When I say weakness is a superpower, I'm telling you for personal experience. In my life, as a young boy, I wasn't treated right by an older relative in my life. And when I began to work through this, I was angry because nobody really believed me. And so for many years, in my own household, I was angry. And the brunt of that got taken out on my child, my oldest one, Gabriel, because I was angry. And when I finally gave it over to God, when I finally gave it back to him because it was eating me up on the inside, he began to take that weakness of unforgiveness, of anger in my life, and he began to turn it in such a way. God gets the glory, right? In such a way, in such a way that I'm able to walk up to that man today and I love him just like God loved me. And it took a while. And I don't call him every day. But I released it to God. And when you begin to release those weaknesses to God, the Bible says, and Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. When I'm weak, that's a superpower. I came by to tell you, that's a superpower. Because now I can go in to the community and say, I identify with you. And I was angry. And I didn't know how to handle it. And my oldest son took the brunt of it. But he delivered me for that. And that, the glory can only go to God. Because I couldn't have did it by myself. And that's what I'm challenging all of us with today. You can't do it by yourself. Oh God, I got this. Oh God, I got this. Oh God, and, and we think that's strength. And we try to take all of that on our own. But when God gets with you and you decide to partner with him and you begin to release that thing, he will free you up in such a way that people will say to you, thank you for witnessing to me because I believe I can serve a God like that. And we begin to break it down.
in a new way with a new talk. I mean, verse 26 says, let me take a look at the time. Okay. I got to flip them down. My eyes are bad. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Who were you? Because if you was anything like me, whoremonger, doing all kind of stuff. Now, my parents, my, you know, my mama here. I can tell it because I'm 54 now. Because she, she thought I was a model child. <laughs> I, I didn't give her much problems. But I was out there doing what children do. That's what I did before I was called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many of noble birth. Let's start with the author that penned this text. Before he was Paul, he was known as Saul. Saul held the coat of Stephen while he was being stoned. Saul was taking people out of their house, mothers, fathers, children, and persecuting them for following the way that we do today. Some of the Christian folks, and I would have been in that number too, was saying, gosh darn it, that's foolish. <laughs> you mean to tell me you got this man that was persecuting us that has now wrote two-thirds of the Bible? Huh? You, you got this, brother? Foolishness. Moses, I, 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 I can't speak. Huh? I, I, I can't speak. I, I stumble over my words. Candidate for God to use him. Gideon. He hiding in the wine press, looking out. God, you, you can't be talking to me, bro. I'm the lowest, weakest brother in my clan. And then he had the nerve to will his crew down to 300. And on top of that, gave him some musical instruments. And walked around a place for seven That sounds foolish to the world, don't it? His ways. This over here, y'all gonna be the world. Y'all good, y'all gonna be God. The way God do it. Y'all the world. But I'm gonna use some really, really interesting illustration here. Look. I want some of y'all math majors to make sure you answer this. What's one in the world? What is one plus one plus one equal? Great job. Let me go over here to the world. I mean, to, to God. What does one plus one plus one mean? One! 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is one. He don't think like we think. All right, I got another math equation. Y'all are good. Come on, I need y'all to help. Come on, T. I need y'all to help. All right. 100% minus 80% equals... Woo, y'all are good. Thank goodness, Lord. All right, y'all. On the God side. 100% minus 20% equals all your needs met in according to his riches and glory. When you begin to partner with God, all your needs get met. Weakness is a superpower. Last one. Last one, I'll move on. The world says, this is our math equation, so y'all get your calculators down. If somebody smacks you on the face, the world says what? Smack the heck out of them. But on the world side, God, when, when you get smacked in the face, what do you do? And if you get smacked on that cheek, now, if they want to smack you again, I got some more cheeks. But don't smack me on my cheek no more. I used to do that in football and basketball, but I don't play that now, okay? I don't play that now. Here is what God is telling to us in this example. We talked about it last night in my circle of prayer that we met last night. Men and young men, if they get slapped in the face, they don't do like that, that poetic rapper Kumo D said and put up their ducks. They pull out pistols and they shoot people because of you disrespected me. And see, I want to tell our young people, if you turn away from that, because that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. That's called carnal thinking. I'm going to do what the world says I should do because I was disrespected, so I'm going to take somebody's life. You walk away, and you have to begin to have a relationship with God in such a way that God is going to handle that. God fights our battles. But we don't know that because we got to have something on the inside to tell us that. And whatever happens to that individual, it's up to God. Because just like he led you to Christ, he can lead that other one to Christ too. But the world tells us buck up and don't, don't be disrespected. So I'm going to tell y'all, we got to put respect on God's name. We got to grow differently. Yeah. 
See, while I was going through this and battling and going through with God, I, I was just, God, how do I walk in the spirit then? Every, I've always wanted to know that. How do you walk in the spirit? Because if you slap me and I slap you back, that can't be the spirit. But if you grab that thought and you put it back to the things that you've been taught in God, you begin to walk in the spirit. You begin to do things that God wants you to do. And here's how it becomes a superpower. He makes the areas that you were weak strong. And that's what we have to begin to understand when we walk this walk. 27. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. KP, Karen, you sent me all that stuff, so I went and tried to figure out what foolishness meant in the Greek. I was on the computer. That's what kept me up to 3 o'clock in the morning, messing with that thing. I'm, I'm just playing, sis. Here's what foolishness means in the Greek. It means dull. The synonym in the Greek conversion, it means blockhead. And the last one I found, it means absurd. Absurd. God is looking for the foolish things in life. He wants somebody to give him some absurd praise. He wants somebody that will give him some blockhead kind of praise. He wants somebody that's going to give it up for him and not just sit there being all cool. Huh? Oh, oh, y'all, I didn't put all my mascara on. I can't sweat. I can't do nothing. I got to give him an absurd, foolish praise because that's who God is working through. That's who God is working through. He don't want you to be all cool and debonair and, and suave. He wants you to know that you went through something and that you will give him the glory. See, I stop talking to people and say, it don't take all that. It don't take all that. But for a mother who's been praying for their child for 20 years to get out of them drugs, they're going to have an absurd type of praise. For the person that's getting over cancer and going through cancer, when God relieves them, you're going to have an absurd, foolish, blockhead type of praise. So yeah, take all that. It takes all of that. God is not going to choose the cool that don't want to do anything. The one that go to church, I mean, go to work, and he with they co uh, with his coworkers, and he look around, and they about to eat lunch, and he go, Jesus wept. Scared to show people who you are. He probably is not going to choose you. 
He wants those people that's been dirty. Let me read this. Let me read this. Look what, look what 29, 28 says. God chose the lowly things, the unknown, people with low quality. That's who, who God chose. He chose the despised things, the folks that are not liked, the folks that um, are on the bottom, the folks that feel rejected. That's who God chooses. Um, things that are not the unrecognized, he chooses. Those that are not honored. Those that everybody got looked over when bonus time came around. He looking for those people. Not always identified, picked over. He looking for those kind of people to begin to use because those kind of people say, look, God, I can't make it without you. I just can't make it without you. And I need you to walk this walk with me. I need you to walk this talk with me because I can't do it if you don't show up. Just like today. That's why he humbled me today. And when we're able to give him the praise and give him the joy for releasing that, God wants to use people that don't mind him giving them the praise back or where it does. Because we talked about this last night, Everett. Why is it so difficult for a rich person to get into heaven? Because their God is their wealth. That's the reason. Their God is the wealth that they have, so everything that they do and everything they can spend on and get, they believe they did it. And they give no credit to God. That's why it's difficult, not impossible, for a camel to go through the eye of the needle because it's not one of these needles. There's a true needle that camels have to crawl through. So it's not impossible. But all if you're going to use your riches for building bigger barns, he probably won't choose you. There was a time, and I'm getting ready to wrap up. Y'all know I'm transparent, right? The reason I'm transparent, the reason I'm transparent, I want somebody else to get free, right? And I don't like holding secrets no more because I did that for a lot of years. So I'm just transparent, and people say, you're too transparent, dude. I'm all right with it. Cause then I ain't got nothing to hide. I ain't running for my wife. I ain't doing stuff. I ain't got nothing to hide. I ain't trying to hide nothing. I got a, I got a brilliant son. He's on the high, high on a roll. High, high. That's, that's what the paperwork said. Paperwork said you got a child on the high, high. And I said, that's cool. When I went and took the ACT test, I scored on the low, low. I mean, low, low. 
I mean, it, it wasn't funny to me. I was devastated, y'all. Y'all laughing at me and stuff. I was on the low, low ACT. But let me show you something. Got to Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado, playing ball. Professor comes over to me. I said, I'm not understanding. I, I, I just, I'm looking at your ACT scores. And you got a 3.8 grade point average. I, I, I'm just not understanding God. When you begin to partner with God. Transferred to the University of New Mexico to play D1 ball, my dream, right? Second year I get there. Second team all whack on it, academics, right? Partnering with God. Partnering with him. God, I got a weakness. I, studying is tough for me. Show me how to do it. He got me with tutors. He got me with people that were in class. I wasn't afraid to ask. I sat up front. I listened. I went to my counselor. That wasn't Derek. That was God saying, I'm going to show you how to get it done. See, weakness is a superpower. And when I graduated with an accounting degree, people were saying, and no offense to anybody here, but I'm going to tell you what they were saying. How did this black dude get a job already? See, I was in this program called Inroads. And before I left my last year of school, I had a job waiting for me before I graduated college. I didn't have to look for anything. And all them kids around there was going, what in the world? JB? What in the world? God. Here's my wrap up. And I'm done. Restoration. We'd have been through quite a few things. And I'm going to be honest. We've had members leave. We had a pastor die. We got a senior pastor with all the weight in the world on her shoulders. Having heart issues because the weight of the seat is tremendous. We have elders trying to figure out what we're supposed to do. We got a board struggling because we got people that work full time. We got a senior pastor that's new on the ground trying to figure out the culture. And from the outside looking in, we look foolish. We look foolish. But what I'm going to tell Restoration Christian Fellowship, when you look foolish, you're a candidate for God to choose you. You're a candidate to be chose. So when you see 50 pallet homes that are housing people that was laying on the street and they're in our home. You got people in a parking community that didn't have a place. And
and they were sleeping all around, and they could be in a community and sleep in their cars. You got a $65 million project coming with 178 units. Restoration does. Foolish. Foolish. Foolish, y'all. Foolish. God can use you when you're foolish and weak. Praise God. Amen. You got that.